On this week's Third and Forever, Kevin and I recap the divisional round and preview championship weekend. All right, let's go. Welcome to this week's episode of Third and Forever Football Podcast, presented by 10,000 Takes. I'm your host, Adam Oz, joined as always by your co-host, Kevin Ohm. Kevin, how are we doing? Oh, boy. Um, good, and also and also not not as good um, at the same time. Good good for some reasons, and and also just, just terrified right down to the very core of who I am as a person. Um, and, and, and we will talk about this, I'm sure, ad nauseum, but I, I've written a lot of checks with my mouth so far this year. Uh-huh. And as fate would have it, Get here we are. are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Time to put it up. Oh, see boy. This is either going to go really it's... well or really not well. We are, we are at the bank. You are next in line to the teller. And you got a long line behind you. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be that awkward, mm-hmm. embarrassing moment when it says, sorry, sir, this check is bounced. Yep. You're like, you're oh, like, uh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you just slink back. Oh, so right, we're gonna, what we're going to do is we we are getting down on the wire here. It's sad. I had the realization that we only have technically three more games left. Four, if you want to count the play, the Pro Bowl. Um, it's not even a game, though, this year. Right, because yeah. of COVID, it's just like it's oh, just like a night where they're just like, yeah, good job, guys. Yeah, yeah. So it's like we have we legitimately have three football game, three NFL games left, um, of the 2020-21 NFL season. It's been a weird one, but we're getting out of the wire. Um, we're gonna go through. We only got four games to talk about. Um, so this episode might be a little shorter. We'll see. Um, let's start. Just go order of when they happened so uh, we're going to kick it off with the rams falling to the packers at lambeau 32 to 18 um uh i'll let you lead off it's it's your team yeah i for, first off I, I was i was pretty thankful this game was you know the very first game of the weekend because i just mm. wouldn't have been able to enjoy you know the other games if i had been playing sunday night um so that was nice and get that again this coming weekend, which is super cool. You didn't have the time for the dread to build and no, just like, exactly. sit there and stew like, all weekend. And Especially because yeah. there were still Saturday and Sunday games, mm-hmm. whereas now we only got Sundays. So it, mm-hmm. it, would, it would be a harder thing where you're like, I got to sit through three games. Like well, that, especially that like, suck. you know, we'll get to the final game, but if the Bucks and Packer game, if, the, if those games switch and I see the Bucks win, and then I'm just sitting there going, oh, shit, for like, you know, 24 hours straight. It, so it was it was a mercy that it was early. Um, yeah. And it was also kind of a mercy, I think, towards the Rams a little bit that like pretty mild conditions for January Green Bay. Oh, I it's mean, been weird. It's been yeah. weird. Either. I mean, global warming, folks. <laughs> Here we are. It's, uh, yeah, uh, it was no, no it, real the, the precipitation were not really that was significant. Really it, it was like 30 some degrees. Yeah. So it. It was a pretty mild game as far as that goes, um, and that's kind of why you see you know a combined fifty points scored 
by these teams, which I mean, if it was if it was you know hazardous conditions, probably would have been that high. Um, mm-hmm. This game really came down to uh, mistakes because I feel like both teams played a pretty mistake-free game, or at least both offenses played a largely you know there were there wasn't a single turnover. There was one yep. fumble that was you know recovered. Uh, quickly AJ Dillon recovered by the Packers so didn't end up actually making a huge impact it, it like bounced it bounced right into Rogers hands I remember mm-hmm. getting like punched out and yep. the way it hit even like go off his body it went straight between yeah, it his, like, like arm his body like, right to him yeah and yeah. one hopped up to Rogers like it was the fastest mm-hmm. like sequence I was like oh I, was, I saw it for a second I was like oh never mind he got it okay. yeah and so uh hope hope AJ Dillon's okay because he got hurt I haven't heard anything about that since it happened but all in all, I mean, no interceptions on either side. There were some kicking <laughs> issues. There were some. Uh, there definitely should have been an interception there at the end of half. I mean, both Rodgers. At least one of those, those two were. Yeah. yeah. At le- the, for sure, mm-hmm. the second one, I think it was. Or no, it might have been the, the first one. There might be some sort there were of. back to back plays. Because, like, like Rodgers does weird. throw interceptions, but, you know, by all accounts, he throws a far lower than average, you know, amount of them. A lot lower than, say, Jameis Winston. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you know, his his ratio and all that stuff. And so I want to, like, I want to sports science. I'm like, is it harder for a defender to catch an Aaron Rodgers ball? Is there something weird about it where, like, his receivers practice with him so he knows? I don't know. I I don't know. I just see it happen a lot. Like, they're in the end zone, and it was, like, two back-to-back plays of, like, that's why they're on defense kind of moments where it's yeah. like, oh, good old dude. for hands. Yeah. Yeah. So that scared the crap out of me. But overall, I think that the Packers, you know, kind of took care of business. They were favored here. And almost the whole week leading up to this game, I feel like you kind of had the narrative building to counteract what everyone knew. The Packers are the one seed, the Rams, bunch of, you know, noteworthy injuries, and it was almost like everyone made a giant deal the week leading up that, oh, the Rams' number one defense and all these metrics, yada, yada, yada. I mean, the Packers put 32 points on them. Like, I, I think the Rams did the best that they could, especially given their situation. I just, I don't know. I I felt like I was, at the end, I felt like I had been too nervous. Because apart from one game this season, the offense has always looked overall pretty good. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, that was that was true today. Aaron Donald obviously wasn't 100 uh, percent healthy going out there. I think he only played 45 percent of snaps, something around there. And he usually clocks in around 85. So that was a huge. And when he was out there, he I mean, his most impactful play was grabbing Elton Jenkins uh, face mask, which apparently you're not supposed to do no matter how frustrated you are with your lack of impact on the football game. And yeah. so. Yeah, that that was that was huge that he wasn't really a factor. Jalen Ramsey, he's just a funny dude. I just that I had fun watching him be upset um multiple times throughout the game. I mean, he's a really good corner. Don't get me wrong. He is not a bad corner he's, by he's any the, stretch. He's the best corner in the NFL. Like sure, yes. Yeah. But he, he did not have is. a Don't great game what? and he did not have one of those where you see all of his stat lines of, you know, shut down DK Metcalf, zero catches, zero yards. Didn't do that this week. He did not do he he did not live up to the billing. I think it's safe to say that Adams kind of won that interaction. Uh, do you think that that's fair? I don't I I I don't because like I don't know. I I consider that 
that game, like holding Devontae to 66 receiving yards on nine catches, like that's not a good average, but like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, nine catches like, though? For 66 yards though, like that's not, that's yeah, not that Yeah, but if good. your goal is to stop a guy like, from getting three yards on third and three and you don't do it, you didn't do no, your I know, job. But, you know, but it doesn't matter scope, how you look far at, you have to look at You look at their whole season. You look at the, because like the Packers, we always knew the Packers were going to scheme their offense around where they, they do a lot of misdirection around Devontae so he gets the ball in his hands. That's what you should be doing. And like, if you look at me, if you say he had 66 yards only receiving, that's a win. That, I mean, because like he's not the guy that beat you. It's like allowing Alan Lazard to catch a 58 yard oh, touchdown. A- Aaron pass. Jones, that's killer. Aaron Jones getting 99 yards. Mm-hmm. Jamal Williams another 65. And like that's where it's it's the death by a thousand cuts thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Devonte, that's a win. Devonte did not beat the Rams. He was not the reason the Packers won. Yes, it's productive. He didn't beat he, the Rams, but I feel well, like but, he got the better of Ramsey more often than not. And I understand. And that is and that is obviously like. Well, that that is with the the crazy lofty standard that Jalen Ramsey has set by his you know phenomenal level of play. But having said that, he did not meet that standard this game because he blanks people, and people said that was going to happen this week. I heard it all over the place, and it didn't happen. I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things where I just don't. I don't know. I I you look at the other side of the, on the other side of the ball. Robert Woods, eight catches, 48 yards on 10 targets. It's like a little less yards, obviously, but like that, those are pretty standard numbers for receivers. I feel like, like, and especially for yeah, well, ca- and- players, Devontae's caliber and the, the season he had, that's a win in my book. I don't, I, I chalk that if you want to call it a tie, I call it a tie, but like, I don't know. I, I think in terms of that, cause like he wasn't on him every single snap. He's not awarded. Devontae didn't catch nine balls for 66 yards only against Jalen Ramsey. You know, uh, he covered him a lot I of mean, the time. for but... the most part. But, yeah, and, and talking about, you mentioned uh, Robert Woods' production. The Packers' defense upsets me. <laughs> because at the end of the half, one of the only two touchdowns the Rams scored the whole game, and they come out running with three in, three minutes and change to uh to you know end the first half and they come out running and they have some success and they go into this fast-paced offense and goff with one fucking thumb is just dissecting a packers defense who is playing a 10 to 12 yard soft zone and they just it was like in madden like you just said fuck it and called the same defensive play over and over and over and over and over again like your button was stuck on square and you just kept pressing the same thing in between it it made no sense and i've seen it happen a lot this year where they just play this soft zone even though your two starting corners jair is great man-to-man shuts people down kevin king is better at man-to-man than he is at zone he is not good at zone at all he is consistently five yards away from the dude who catches the ball because he sits in the middle of his zone and doesn't actually go within the zone to where the receivers are it I don't get it. I don't understand. And they played it all the way up until like the 10 yard line. And they made, they got like a 10 yard touchdown pass to end the first half, except for, you know, the Packers got the ball back and sneak snuck out with a uh, field goal. But like, just, just weird and just lack of, you know, any sort of adjustment. It was very bizarre. And I've, I've seen it more than once this year and it makes me nervous. 
Yeah, I feel that the it was frustrating to watch this game because I, I like I had mo- a lot of moments where I said like McVeigh, like you you're better than this. Like what mm-hmm. do you you can what like, you're watching the same game we are. Like you're clearly seeing Th- this okay, was Goff- a this was a McVeigh outthinks McVeigh game. Yeah, I and and I I was like he the the Rams were moving the ball really well when Goff was throwing it. Like mm-hmm. when they let him play their game like but, I, I think there what were two if we concerns wildcat yeah i i mean <laughs> they, they did one score. got a touchdown but they that was on it. that Makers was the only wildcat that they did inside the red zone do it in yeah. the red zone fine like you there's a much yeah. higher ceiling of outcomes in that situation anytime they did outside the red zone which is three or four times i mean maybe a couple yards usually like none yeah. just i just hate the wildcat good. i hate the wildcat so much no it, um, in my opinion it has no place outside of the red zone yeah yeah, I just I, I don't think there's any place or in like a gadget play, you know, see just, Saints, but we'll talk about that. Um, but I I just think like they they just seem to to shoot themselves in the foot, mm-hmm. and I, I I don't know it, it seemed to be working. What the, then they would go away from it for a while, and then it's like I mean there was a moment you know when it was twenty five eighteen, and uh, you know they oh, they there had was a, a moment they had a couple, sure. they had a couple chances. Yeah. And they just they fell back into a pattern of just weird kind of baffling play calling or making it harder on themselves. I don't know. And I just feel like when you're in a situation like this where you're playing against a Packers offense that has been gelling and being extremely productive, extremely efficient all season long at their place in the playoffs, you got to take your chances when you get them. And I, I just feel like they kind of kept being like, we got time, we have time, we have time. And then all of a sudden got to the end of it, they're like, shit, we're running out of time. <laughs> it's like, what do you expect? They I were the know. Mr. It, Incredible meme. Yeah, I've got time. Yeah, and I, I just think that they, you know, we knew the game plan that the Packers would have going into it. Oh, we yeah. knew that they were going to be Aaron Jones, as we mentioned. Aaron Jones would have to be very, would have to be productive for you guys. If he's productive. Yeah, we said that on our show. Last carry. Yeah. Granted. He did get one for 60 yards. That's something that they cannot allow well, him. And that's like his third or fourth run this season of like, you know, first couple plays of the second half where he just breaks open. And it's yeah, it's very weird. And there's got to be something to it where like it's like he will come out them, of halftime. And it's like he lulls them ready. in with his like three, three yard average for most mm-hmm. of the first like first half. And he's like, ha 60 yards. Well, dude, I was I was texting my uh, my dad during this game and. I was saying, I was like, I know, you know, historically speaking, paying running backs is not something that is smart or works out most of the time. You know, that's kind of the general consensus nowadays. And he's a free agent at the end of this year. We have guys that look like they might be able to kind of fill that void in the offense if he does go somewhere else. So it's kind of the smart move, quote unquote, and it kind of makes sense. And so the intellectual, that side of my brain, whichever side that is of the brain, which I don't think is actually real, whichever side that is, is like, yeah, like Aaron Jones should move on. But the emotional side of my brain is like, I love this man so much. He runs so hard. He he spins and he rolls over people's bodies and he keeps running and he keeps going. And he's just, he's fucking awesome. And I don't want him to go anywhere. And it makes me sad thinking about him possibly moving on. Yeah, it's it's a weird kind of like world we're in where it's like you want to 
like if a guy's obviously productive, it's like, well, yeah, you should try to keep him. But then like if they come in, you know, a couple million dollars more, it's like, well, see ya, you're gone. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's why, you know, Dalvin's deal, we just, you know, we obviously we finished before the season started and that was something that's like if he's at the right number, I'm fine with it. And it what and it came down to, you know, he, he didn't go for you know, what Zeke or Kamara was paid or Mixon was paid like right before. And... And, and that's the part that I'm holding out some, you know, glimmer of hope that like, okay. Aaron's team will be like, we'll Aaron find Jones... taking a few less. Yeah. Well, cause like, we'll find taking a few less. And also like, I don't think, I think that he knows that he's not regarded in that tier yet. No. Or even no. the Dalvin tier. I think, you know, general consensus across the league is he is not a Henry, a Kamara, a Saquon, a Dalvin you know, any of those right. guys that are the absolute McCaffrey. top McCaffrey. Yeah. I forgot mm-hmm. about him. Christian. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, he's not quite in that top tier. He's like top of, he's, in the, he's in the Joe, he's in the Joe Mixon, the Miles Sanders, maybe, where, where Miles Sanders, where Edwards yep. Alaire could get into next, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, a like, more like time. above average, definitely good to yeah, have on your yeah. team, a starting mm-hmm. running back for, he's kind of like a, he's a franchise quarterback. He's not he's in the a top, five. He's not top five running back. He mm-hmm. is, he's getting into top 10. And, and so if the Packers don't completely, yeah. you know, toss him a, a shit deal, you know, I, I see a world where it could happen, but I'm not holding my breath. They just but, like we're giving you eight million dollars, and then he's like, uh, no. And they're I'm like, leaving. and a bag of chips, and he's like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. Eight million dollars with only like twelve guaranteed. Yeah, <laughs> that would be something, and for and for like two years. Yeah, as long as they don't like completely tell him to go fuck himself, there's a chance. But he's awesome, uh, Jamal Williams, excellent one-two punch, and they're like BFFs, so who knows. Um, but I'm, I'm happy with the Packers. I'm happy with the way they played overall. I thought, you know, the defense stepped up when they needed to. They sacked Goff three or four times. Uh, Kenny Clark had, I think, one and a half or two of those. He's playing well. Rashawn Gary exists. Heard his name. That's a name. Yep. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like, you know, the the Rams knew what they needed. Like, they knew that yeah. Donald wasn't healthy, fully healthy. And they knew other guys will need to step up because the game plan, regardless of his health, is you just double him basically as much as possible and make other guys on that defensive line beat you. Make the Michael Brockers, the mm-hmm. uh, the Leonard Floyds, the you know all these other guys have to make plays, and they didn't. Legend, they, they legend didn't. says Leonard Floyd is still up in the air somewhere on that uh, yeah. scramble in the red uh, zone. And that's something also too. It's like, what do you? <laughs> I feel like if you're a player, like you, like have you to don't realize, have to jump to block an Aaron Rodgers no. throw. Like, like he's not seven feet tall. No, if you're a player has and that you realize that it's probably going to be harder for a quarterback to make a play. If I come barreling down at him, like I'm going to take his head off than me just trying to be stationary and try to time his jump. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's so easy. That's, that's so easy for a quarterback to do. It's like, oh look, I'm a professional athlete. I can have some bit of athleticism. Yeah. It's like I, I just I don't know. It's crazy to me that that happens. Yeah. You it, can do that if you're like engaged in a block, but if you're free and you can go run at them, just go do that. <laughs> just put your head down and run. Nah, just, man, you got to get up there. Got got to block the throwing. Shocking lane. to me. Yeah. Um, I I think this game basically, you know, to kind of put a bow on it. If you were to tell the Rams last week either side of this score, if you were to say you guys scored 18 points or if you were to look at them and say you allowed 32, they'd say, okay, we lost. You know, like yeah. you wouldn't need the other half of that score because the Packers executed. Um, and, you know, the Rams, 
I, I, you know, they came up short. Part of that's due to injury. Part of that, I think, is some some strange you know, offensive scheming choices. But regardless, uh, it, it was never super in doubt. It, it got a little close there, but I mean, not much better. You, you can't ask for much more than that in the divisional round of the playoffs. You know, it, there aren't bad teams left. Yeah, but you still don't want to have like a a, a scare. I think it was you could you know acknowledge that it was. Oh yeah, I'm a little too close for comfort there. There was um, a, there was a scare, but at the same time, I feel like you know every game this weekend had you know something similar where we're gonna talk three of the four were not one score games at the end, but you know very much could have gone the other way if certain things you know the ball bounced in a I, certain way. Yeah, and I and I think as we'll go into them, they're all closer than their scores final score indicates. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really see one that was like this game was over when it started. Um, with that being said, let's move on to the night game on Saturday. Let's that, move of on to the team that scored three points. <laughs> the the number five, uh, I think it was number five. Yeah, the number five Ravens traveling to the number two Bills and losing seventeen to three. Um, this one we we talked about that the the Ravens have probably been the best defense. In the last since basically since December, mm-hmm. um, in terms of just getting turnovers, generating points, and just big splash momentum swinging plays, their offense has also been very 2019 esque, um, where they're their, just their running offense it down had a resurgence. And, yeah, like, yeah, and and then and we're on the flip side. We have the Bills, their defense kind of coming into form, um, and their offense still kind of being what it is. Uh, it's been all season uh, without zero run game, which is crazy to me still. Um, and well, this and, is game and, where and that continues this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and this is one where the the Ravens defense, I think, did everything. Like if you were to tell me or tell them, I think that the Ravens defense is holding the Buffalo Bills at home to seventeen points. Well the Buffalo Bills um, at home and the Buffalo Bills offense to ten points because seven yeah, of that was points. a pick six. Right. Yeah. To ten points. Um I, I would I would bet the Ravens win just because I didn't think the Bills defense would be able to stop them. If to, you're on the Ravens defense, point. you're you're pissed at the offense right now. Oh absolutely. That's this is a game you know, I get Lamar went out. Uh he went out at the end of the third quarter. He didn't come back. But he it's not like the third he was quarter, but after three quarters three points you know yeah. and and a pick six in involved and, and, in there too and i will say it did have two misses by justin tucker which is weird it's weird, weird misses. i think you can chalk it partially up to the elements it was very windy yeah. during this game and that's a doors. testament to the fact that i mean there could be a hurricane and the Buffalo Bills would not run the football. Like I don't yeah. understand. I just, <laughs> I, I don't know so if it's because weird. their offensive linemen maybe just cannot. They can't generate but a like, push. But like everything I've ever heard about offensive linemen says that they like to run block more than pass block because they get to yeah. attack instead of kind of back up and receive. You know the rush. Yeah. It's I, it's so weird. And I don't under, I don't really get it. Um. I didn't think either offense looked very good. Um, some things, obviously, we already knew. Stephon Diggs is their basically their only receiving threat. Um, Ridiculous. I, I just, uh, you know, that's it's all they have, and because they they have no threat to run, they really don't have 
I mean, John Brown. Okay, there's a name. Um, John Cole Brown Beasley is an adequate. John Brown and Cole Beasley are guys that are like they're names, and so you have to cover them. They can't hurt you, and they can't have big games. They're just enough of you know like a famous athlete, a talented athlete. That it's not just completely blanket coverage on dicks, and that's all that they need it to be. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I don't know. I, and I think what was extremely telling about this game, and say what you want, you know, about Lamar's ability to pass the ball. I, I think he's definitely good enough to pat be an NFL quarterback. I, I think it's crazy that people still think he should be a running back only. And I'm like, I don't, I don't. He threw for like 30 touchdowns last year. Um, I, they need a number one receiver. They don't have one at all. Uh, Marquise Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown is their number one. I put with air quotes. Um, he's like really like a two B three a receiver. Like he's really not uh, any threat as a one. I mean, Des Bryant. Okay. But he's who knows <laughs> condition. He is a like, zero catches. One How target. Dare he's, you, sir. Will, Willie Sneed is probably, you know, Willie Sneed the fourth is exactly what his name is. He's the fourth receiver. He's probably the best fourth receiver you could have in the NFL. I don't he think maybe giving, flirts in with. I don't think you're giving Des Bryant enough credit for the amount of complaining he did after his one target, asking for yeah. a pass interference flag. That was, I mean, you can't. That's the kind of stuff that you don't get from the box score, you know. That's I I just I don't know. I, I think it's it's a little strange. And like when when J.K. Dobbins, you know, has. Five targets and 51 yards. Like, he can't – he's a running back. He, you see he drops mm-hmm. the ball, literally drops the ball. Um, and Lamar – He's a rookie so running back, too. Like, yeah, you, yeah. Like, you're leaning on this. This this is your god, you know? Like, you like can't you – have, You have great talent in Mark Andrews. I think he's mm-hmm. a very, very good receiving tight end, 11 targets. He has obviously has, has rapport with his quarterbacks. But, like, defenses know that. They lock him up. And they lock just, him up and he's not fast enough to become no. unlocked by himself. He's a good receiving yeah, they, tight end, still a tight end. If they don't draft a receiver or try to acquire one, I mean, I don't know. They just, they need something. And like, I think yeah, Devin, can, can Duberney, you imagine like a Ravens offense next year with like Chris Godwin or Kenny Galladay or any of these yeah, big name free agent guys someone, that are going to be hitting I the just, market? I just, I mean, they need something like then uh, they're just going to be stuck. Their offense stalls out because they have no consistent pass receiving option. Mm-hmm. And obviously Diggs is on the op, op, on the flip side. Diggs is one of the most consistent guys that you could have to catch the ball. And even if people defenses know it, he's still going to be productive. Um, if he's the sole focal point, which he has been with Buffalo this year, it's just, that was just so glaring to me that it just I there's only so much you can do. You can have the most talented, most athletic quarterback in the NFL, but if you don't have a consistent number one option and an actual bona fide number one receiver, you're you're gonna stall at times mm-hmm. against this, good teams. Yeah, and something that that kind of jumped out to me too to go off of your you know talk about the Ravens offense. The Ravens offense is limited by their lack of receiver, like you were talking about, their lack of you know a true number one. They are absolutely nothing without Lamar Jackson. Once you remove yeah. Lamar from that, you know, equation, it, it equals zero. I mean, there is mm-hmm. no chance that anyone else, be it, you know, maybe RG3 gets a little something going because he's basically like store brand Lamar Jackson at this point. Anyone else in that system 
it sucks. It is predicated so much. And that's kind of the Achilles heel of the Ravens is that like the system works really well when it works because Mm -hmm. it's basically designed for Lamar specifically. You could not really apply it to almost any other team in the whole league. So that's really good. And on the flip side, if and when Lamar gets hurt in these games, it's really, really bad because then they're just absolutely lost. And that's what happened this game. You know, Lamar got a, it was a concussion, right? Yeah, I think so. That's what he went out with. Yeah, so he Lamar goes out with a concussion, like you said, end of the third quarter. And, I mean, Tyler Huntley is who we have. Yeah. He, I mean, it was interesting because like he, it was, you could tell like he was drafted. He, he basically did what Lamar does just exponentially worse. Mm -hmm. Like obviously not that, I know he's a rookie, but like, you know, his college numbers, he was a, went to Utah. He started nine or the first nine games of his junior year in 2018. And he missed the last five due to injury, finished the season 150 of 234 passes, for like just under 1800 yards, 12 touchdowns, six picks. It's like, okay, but that's kind of like it. Like he, you know, mm-hmm. undrafted free agent. Uh, I, I don't know. He was obviously there because Robert Griffin, the third and trace McSorley were hurt. And I, I don't know. It is what it is. I thought he did better than I thought that he would do, but I chalked that up to having zero idea about this guy. And yeah. you're just like, okay, he's ultimate but, wild card. Yeah. And, you know, 6 of 13, 60 yards. All right. You ran for 32. Like, it, it had some moments, but, like, yeah, yeah it couldn't do anything there. Once Lamar went out, game was over. Um, the, the craziest thing for me about this game was that I learned that Tremont Williams is on the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> I did not released. know that. Oh, yeah. No, released he, well, he, right he, after. he was on the Ravens. He is no yeah. longer on the Ravens yeah. after the recording of this show. But yeah, he, uh, he was... I, I had an Obi Wan moment. That's a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I think it's also I, I am standing by this. Like the Bills, I don't want to say they're skating by, but they're getting really favorable. Or like, I don't know, they're like lucky into it, but they have not. I, name one favorable condition that they're going to face potentially next week that has nothing to do with their own performance. Yeah, I just. Name, I don't know. Name one. I, name name one MVP that got concussed. Name two MVPs that might have gotten concussed uh, in, in, during their playoff run this season. I'll wait. <laughs> um, I'll just go with the last two. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the last two. Um, I I don't know. I I'm not trying to bash the Bills. I just I mean Josh Allen didn't look that great. I I. I, I chalked the Bills' problems up to, like I said, the there was huge amounts of wind, and they just refused to run the ball. So yeah. it it really put them in a box, especially against a good defense. Yeah. I'm inclined to think that you know this coming week when they play the Chiefs, assuming you know weather is relatively normal, it they'll look better. But I guess we'll we'll talk about that more down the line. Yeah, I just all right. I don't know. Good luck to you, Bills. I don't know. All right, let's go to Sunday. Uh, speaking of the Chiefs, we are seeing where the number six Browns traveled to Kansas City and fell to the number one Chiefs, 22-17. to 17. Uh, Again, little couple asterisks in this one. Uh, another Patrick Mahomes. 
He went out with a concussion. He was kind of dinged up actually with his foot in the first quarter. And then in later in the, I think it was the fourth that he went out with concussion when it the was, game was yeah, still was kind of in balance uh, or pretty close. Uh, but Chad Henney came in and with the exception of one throw, looks great. I mean, <laughs> anything he, I is he possible. Yeah. Just, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell about the, the Browns. Like, they are a different they're, – they're, don't – Browns fans, like, don't worry. Like, this – this, you know, whatever. You lost the defending champs by five yeah, at I, Kansas City. I mean, if you're a Browns fan, I don't know how you can look I, at this I, and I be – I would be excited. Yeah, the, Browns fans are, are like Plankton and Spongebob. Like, I didn't think I'd get this far. Like, they're right. just – if you're a Browns fan, you're like, this is bullshit. I'm like, dude, are you serious? Like, I know it's coming from, like, someone of a – somewhat privileged fan base to like tell you not to want a Super Bowl, but like you guys were a dumpster for just such a long time that this has yeah. to be pretty awesome that you did and you got to win over the Steelers and this this game did have some controversy in it though. Um are we are we do I I want to fight with you about fumbling through the end zone cuz I know you think it's dumb and I like it. You wait I think you mean the other way around. I oh, you like it? Oh no, you like it? Yeah, yeah. I like I, it. Yeah, you think it's dumb, and I like it. I I just T- tell I, me I why you don't it, like the rule about fumbling through the end zone. It I think it just discourages <laughs> anyone to ever reach for the pylon, reach for the goal line, because like they're like, uh oh, if you fumble it and it goes out of the end zone, I don't know. It's just. I think it discourages people from fumbling into the pylon. I think you just shouldn't do that. Well, it's not even about that. Like, it's how do you reach for how do you reach for the pylon? And like, I mean, you're, you're the ball's obviously exposed, so obviously defenders gonna be taught to knock that out. I don't know. It just it it's it's such a, it leaves such a sour taste in my mouth. I think when drives end that way, and it's I just I, I just like I, it I get the it's rule. chaos, you know, and like. <sighs> but I see. I don't like it for chaos' sake. Like that's. That's where I have a problem with it. I don't like it because it's chaos. And it, and, it favors, and it favors the defense, which is also nice. Like, there there are so few facets of the game no, that you oh, can look at and clearly know, say, know. you know, this favors the, the is, defensive side of the ball. Yeah. It's like the only rule in the whole sport that, you know, ends up on that side of the scale. And I don't know. I just... And I think it's interesting. It only it happens like a couple times a year, so it doesn't happen like every game. It only happens once or twice, and it's this crazy thing where, I mean, I don't, I just, I just like it, and I, I it's probably because it hasn't happened to the Packers yet. Knock on wood, but uh, you know, I, I just think it's fun. I just think it's a fun, weird rule, and no one can explain why it exists. And, and, and I then, like and that. And I think that's why I don't like it so much. Like, I just... Like, you, you can I take away the fumbling into the end zone rule, but then you also have to, like... I don't even, like... Because I'm just trying to think of, like, how you can balance stuff now. Where, like, there's just... There's nothing... Like, the only other thing you could do to hamstring defenses even more is, like, get rid of the concept of a safety, and you just can't go further back than the one or something. Like... Yeah. That's the only other thing you could possibly do. I just I, think I the NFL – I think the NFL has a lot of rules where they just don't really make much sense. And it's just kind of like a, we all just sit and be like, well, 
it just is what it is. And like, yep. there's too many of those. <laughs> and I think that's just like a big example. And that one's such like a, it's such a game swinging call. I feel like, I don't know. Cause it almost like directly results in the team that always fumbles out of the end zone. I feel like always loses the game. Like, yeah. and, and it's, you're yeah, always, you lose I don't know. an entire drive and yeah, you just and, get nothing you know, out of it. <laughs> Cause a lot of that, a lot of it comes on these, these, these long, methodical drives and then it just ends like that it's like well that sucks it's the, at it's least the, the game very equivalent least. of stalling out on a long drive and then missing a 20 yard field goal and you're just well, like what, what, I, what the hell what happened? i didn't like about it was because since maybe because the both games are on sunday this and the the buck saints which we'll get to after this um there was a moment in the buck saints game where it almost i don't want to jump ahead but where godwin i think almost had the ball where he almost reeled yep. it in and he tried yep, to yep, bring yep. it in and they started looking at being like, did he have possession? Was that a fumble? And I'm like, do not do it again. I was, I was going to lose it. That would be I think the most 2020 thing in the world. Yeah. I'd be like, no. And that's where I would have really been livid about it. This, I'm like, I get if it, if it's every like once in a blue moon or it, you know, doesn't really happen, lightning in a bottle kind of thing, I'm okay with it. But I just feel like maybe it's because of the eight, like where we see it all the time on like Twitter or like whatever. I just see it every time it happens. I see it. I'm like, I feel like it's too many times. I feel like it's too many times. I, and I, I'm disappointed. I wanted you to be more passionate about this. I wanted to, yell, uh, but well, I also, I, I, I also I don't believe. I also don't believe that Bill Belichick teaches his players that is never, such never reach shit. for the never reach for the pylon because they'll you'll fumble and it'll be a the little next article like, I, I see like Bill Belichick <laughs> teaches think. his players not to have brains so they don't get concussions like shut the fuck up like, like Bill you can't Belichick just retroactively the... look at every instance and be like Bill wouldn't have done it that way shut up that's not real like like Bill is probably uh, he is like the the greatest coach in my, in our lifetime in our generation for sure mm-hmm you can make an argument for like of all time, but like, come on, like that's no, he doesn't. Like, and like, and like, what, what is I, like? I don't have the numbers, and I don't know if anyone shit. does. But yeah, like, no. I want, I want the stats of how many touchdowns in an entire season are scored by reaching for the pylon versus how many times a fumble to the end zone happens. It's got to be like, you know, five hundred to two. Like, yeah. what do you what do you mean? You know, fourth and goal, and you're not going to reach for the pylon because oh, what if? That's that's. I'm sure that he harps on ball security, you know, like no other. I'm sure he's huge into that, and maybe be smart about it. But there's no way he tells his guys like, don't you dare reach. Like, yeah, oh, it made me so I, mad when I saw that stupid tweet. I also want to say, um, I I'm officially starting a petition that Le'Veon Bell, unless something changes in the next two weeks. If the Chiefs want to win the Super Bowl, he should not be given a Super Bowl ring because what the hell is he doing at all uh, for this he's, team? He's he's been he's been playing him like a damn fiddle. Is what he's been I, doing. I just, <laughs> I just hate it. Like Daryl Williams is so much better. I'm like, what is mm-hmm. this? Why is Le'Veon Bell getting the ball? I just Let's just hanging out, man. He's just happy he's not in New York. I don't think he's like I, fully realized. I will he say now though, I really want Chad Henney to get it because like. I didn't think that he was still in the league, and also, like, I just loved that performance that he had. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That interception was an all-timer, like, oh, oh that's bad. why you're a backup. Oh, it was, <laughs> was quite like, bad. Oh, no. But then Andy Reid's, like, kept letting him throw it. I'm like, dude, Andy Reid loves this. Like, he's just like, I trust my guys. Like, oh, that's what you want to see with a coach. Like, if your guy goes down, obviously, like, Patrick Mahomes, you don't just be like, well, we just only can turn around and hand it off. Like, nah. And Andy Reid is a, is a very... 
very large man that could literally, especially in a high-stress job like he has, literally have a heart attack at any moment. And he lives life that way. You know, he doesn't he doesn't think about the consequences and stress over things. He no. he just does, you know, <laughs> and it, it works. And I also love uh Henny's scramble on that fourth and third or the third and thirteen, which yep. by the way, he definitely got that first down. The fact they had to line up, I think that's crap. But either Man. way they still got it. Um he he's thirty five years old, folks. Like I, there's something about it when you become mm-hmm. a backup. I think you get like that that chip. Like it just gets on your shoulder and it just makes makes its way down to your legs if, where you're just so much more athletic. And, and also, just, if, like, you're, if you're a backup, you mode. have like a you know 200 percent higher chance to to dive head first whenever you're you yeah, know absolutely. like <laughs> there's no chance <laughs> you're going feet first ever. No, that that's great. And, talking about that that fourth down real quick that that play call where you know fourth down and you know one or inches or whatever it ended up being. And the Chiefs go for it. You know, if they get it, the game's over. And, you know, it was a gutsy play call. They lined up. Tony Romo just destroying every correct prediction he's ever made by so quadrupling sure. down on they're not going to. Like, oh, wait, like no one line. asked. Like, no line. one asked. Like, after he said it was, he's like, he could have been like, I don't think they're going to snap this ball. They're going to try and draw him off sides. Because. I agree. That's what I thought was going to happen too, which I talked about a couple weeks ago. I can't stand when they do that because no one ever falls for it. And I'm like, why don't you just actually run it one of these times? Because no one's they, expecting you to do that. At and least guess they what? didn't do what Tomlin did, and they sent their punt team out there to try to get him offside. <laughs> they really want to like block this punt. Yeah, yeah fucking but that stupid. was just that. That Romo's had a bit of a rough year between that and uh, I, I think Dak is just a sprain. I think his ankle is just sprained, and it's like dangling oh, yeah, off of his bad. off of his leg. Yeah, so Romo eight out of ten this year. You've had well, some stumbles. What was interesting about that was they um, they ran that exact same play to Tyreek on that fourth one, fourth and one. On in week fourteen against the the Dolphins, they literally like mm-hmm. I mean where they concealed that game where it was the exact same play call. Obviously, the only difference was it had Chad Henney instead of it's, it's the Mahomes. Kansas City equivalent of a run. Yeah, it's just a it, short I, pass yeah, to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like you can't do anything <laughs> about it, and you know the only way that play doesn't work is if uh, Tyreek does doesn't catch the ball. And like mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it just it's just the easiest fourth and one ever. And I'm like, it's so easy. Like, why don't teams do this more often? Like, but you know, mm-hmm. Andy Reid. Um, yeah. So they're moving on. Obviously, uh, let's go to the last game. All right, here is where we actually get technically our first upset. I mean, I I would say it is. Um, Tampa Bay Bucks, number five seed, traveling down to New Orleans. I'd, I'd say it's the number two. Up, upset status because you know the series was two zero New Orleans. Yeah, the season it, up to it, this and point. Big to New Orleans. Yeah, too. regardless of seeding. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was um, very so New Orleans in that, in that way. They lose Tampa thirty to twenty. Um, I uh, I want to read you something here. Uh, several things. Did I write it or did someone else write it? What? No, you're I you're throwing I, my own words. I, okay, no. good, good. No. Good. Um. <laughs> so. Last Saints last four years because this I think we can all agree you know this is Drew's I would imagine his last barring say, something very um, surprising yes and 
and with the salary cap situation, they're not. This is this could be a, a closing of a window, or at least from this current team that New Orleans has had now for the last couple of years, or handful of years. So Saints last four years: 2017, Minneapolis Miracle; 2018, the defensive pass interference in the NFC Championship game debacle; uh, 2019. They lost the number six seed Vikings in overtime at home, obviously. Um, when they all bitched and moaned that they should be getting a bye, they should have to play on wild card. Uh, 2020, lose to a team they beat twice handily in the regular season at home. Ouch. Yeesh. I, I don't want to necessarily say this is the football gods equivalent of karma, for Bounty Gate in 2009, getting a Super Bowl and all that. But that's but, exactly what you're going to say. But that's exactly what's happening. Yep. I think I, I think the only way I can think about it. I just, I, I, I don't think I've ever been more satisfied. I, 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 I don't know. I think it, the fact that it, because <laughs> it was like Tom Brady too, like he, he right now he is on a, not necessarily. I don't think cause I don't think that him and Bell, Bill Belichick are on bad terms. I think that's a lot of that was media driven. But right now, it just feels like obviously you don't want to hear this because you're playing him this week. But it's like the biggest like fuck you tour because he's like I'm gonna go to my I'm gonna go to the opposite conference and I'm just gonna you know as a wild card. So I'll, I'll play there. Obviously, he didn't want to be there, but playing on a wild card weekend, traveling in New Orleans. Oh, they beat us in the regular season. Don't care. We're gonna win. I, I have now, a very I, different spin on this same set of facts as you, but go on. No, I, I just feel like it, it's <laughs> one of these things where, you know, the fact that he's doing this all at, at 43 years old. Um, at, that does say a lot. I'll, I'll say I, I, that. Because how old and, is and Drew it, now? How old is Drew? 42. He, 42? He's okay. just, yeah, yep. he's 42. So, but it's like. And there's a stark me, contrast. Yes. I mean, Drew like, is. You, Done. Put a fork in him. He's done. He averaged three point nine a throw. I mean, that's that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knows com- it. You like, know. I mean, yeah. He, he, you know, you could see it on his face. He's just he would throw his interceptions, and he wouldn't be, you know, fiery mad. It would just be this like just this tired look of oh shit. You know, yeah. like Lo- lowest passer rating in a playoff game in the last ten seasons. We have number one is Brian Hoyer uh, with fifteen point nine. Uh, Andrew Luck had 23, uh, TJ Yates, 28.8, Connor Cook, 30, and now Drew Brees at 38.1. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't have any sympathy or empathy. I don't know. Like the dude made millions and millions of dollars. He's giving me the number two and things is like most, on most things, number two all time. Um, he had a phenomenal career, but like that's quarterbacks, dude. They fall. Like and they're I, gonna have moments I, like that. I wanna, I wanna thank you for uh, not dropping the ever-present little, you know, end of career nugget that I've heard four or five different people at this point. You know, in the last couple of days, you know, because now we're kind of looking at Drew Brees in retrospect. Um, you know, presumably that he's gonna be retired soon. Uh, after this year and the number of people I've heard and like, Oh, what a, what a wasted opportunity having Drew Brees and only ever coming away with one championship. You know, how fucking hard it is to win the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, th- well, this is slightly personal, but like, I just, I hear 
people that are fans of teams that suck. Bears fans. Uh, just, oh, what a waste of opportunity. Like, you, when your franchise has one championship ever, or, you know, a lot of franchises, one or less than that, and it's like, I don't feel like people earn the right to just be like, oh, what a bummer, and, like, sarcastically throw out these, like, wasted opportunity things. Like, sometimes it comes together multiple times in a season. You get, like, a Russell Wilson, a guy with multiple championships, and he's young. It's fucking hard to win the Super Bowl. Just because you have a Hall of Fame quarterback does not guarantee you that right. You know how many Hall of Fame quarterbacks are in the league right now? Well, technically none. No, but you know what I'm saying. Like, quarterbacks that are soon to be future Hall of Famers, at any given time, there's got to be you know, five or six at least in the ah. league. And maybe one of them wins the Super Bowl. Maybe one of them doesn't. You know, it's it's just... Well, I mean, yeah, Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl and, like, yeah. things like that. And I, 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 what I will say, though, is the fact it's... There are a lot of things that go have to go right to win a Super Bowl. I mean, that mm-hmm. is very true. You don't just, yeah. like, just because you have a Hall of Fame quarterback doesn't guarantee you a Super Bowl. But... Trust me, I've heard. The fact that, but the fact <laughs> that they have won the last four years now have won 48 games, the Saints, and they have zero Super Bowl appearances, that's bad. That's a failed opportunity. No, yeah, and it is, it is a failure not, there. You know, I just, when I when people look at it through the lens of, like, overall championships, I mean, appearances is one thing. You, you know, look at, like, a bad record in the postseason, that's one thing. But to just be like, oh, you only got one ring, like, what a colossal waste. Like, well, I guarantee you he was fucking trying to get a ring every year. Like, it's not... You know, they didn't just sit by and then, like, halfway through his career go, oh, shit, Drew Brees, whoops. Like, that's not how this stuff works. I know, but the fact that they have Sean Payton, who, for as much as I hate him, he is a very, (laughs) very good football coach. Um, One of the better offensive minds in the league has been for quite some time. That's why he's been so employed, has not been fired when they had so many years of going 7-9, and and 8-8, or whatever it was, when they never had defense. But the Saints, this Saints team probably has in terms of looking at as the whole roster as a whole probably the most talented roster just from top to bottom mm-hmm. of and you look at all their the positions they check a lot of boxes so they have they have a hall of fame quarterback yes he can't really throw but they have so much talent around him one of the best offensive lines um alvin well, kamara that, that one of the most versatile players that was a great about receiving this game that i thought was weird where like yeah Alvin Kamara, yeah, he had 18 rushes for 85 yards. And on paper, you know, that looks like a lot of involvement. Only three catches for 20. So that's over 100 yards from scrimmage. But I'll tell you, having watched this game, I mean, they were, by and large, very, you know, predictable, normal, non-creative ways to get Kamara involved. Pretty easy for the Bucks' defense to kind of keep a lid on him to a certain extent. And, I mean... With Drew Brees being Drew Brees this year, you needed Kamara to be a force in this game, you know? You mm. needed him to be the multi-touchdown, unstoppable guy that he can be, and I was just shocked that they didn't involve him more. I thought it was really weird. Yeah, and, and I felt, when I was watching this game, like, I've been saying this based for, for, for a lot of this season, basically saying the Saints especially with Drew Brees as their quarterback, the Saints are not that good. Like, they're not a scary team. Like, because, but because they are so talented, they, they've been winning games. But it's not because Drew is doing anything about it. Like, I'm like, I, you know, he, they're, it's hamstrung. And I, I think if they let 
ironically enough, if Jameis Winston maybe plays this game, we might have a different story. Um, I, I just think just in terms that he can actually throw the ball further than 20 yards. I 100% um, agree, especially because but, you got to imagine the Bucks were game planning Drew Brees. Yeah. Which is like when, you know, when you're playing, you know, baseball or kickball or whatever, and, the, you know, you, you motion the, the outfield to come in because you know this person's got nothing behind yeah. it. Like it's that same concept. If you throw – they put Jamison for one play through a 56-yard touchdown. Granted, it was a gadget play, but still, yeah. he's like, clearly got an gonna, arm. Like if you are going to have a quarterback that throws – if, if Drew Brees, like the only reason Drew Brees is in there is because obviously it's Drew Brees. And secondly, it's because he won't typically throw you interceptions, like dumb interceptions. Well, he threw three of them. Um, and, and like he just, you know, Jameis Winston could do that. He could mm-hmm. throw a lot more than 134 yards or more than 3.9 yards per attempt. He could definitely do that better. So it's like, I, I just, I don't know. Like the fact that he had three interceptions and he still only lost by 10. Uh, I don't know. I just it was. I think it's good. I think the Saints will probably it's a sad, it's a bittersweet thing, but he can't it's a, throw it's the a ball. Bittersweet thing, but now now you know there's no yeah. ambiguity whatsoever. Everyone in the world knows that it should and you know presumably will be over, and you can you can move on with mm. you know secure in the knowledge that you did not. You know, you gave him every opportunity in the entire world to show you that he still had it and he does not. And so there's no guilt associated, I guess, if you want to go that way. I don't think you're going to have a Favre situation or anything like that. So, no, that's that's the silver lining. It's not it's not much, but and you got Jameis. So, you know, yeah. Um, Also, I I like this. (laughs) Michael Thomas really signed a hundred million dollar contract to go out and do cardio in a playoff game. Yeah, big old goose egg. Well, he's, that was... he's getting uh, he's getting surgery on like three different parts of his body this week. Yeah. Um, uh, what was his name? Carlton Davis just just locked him up. And it was mm-hmm. it was so it's so satisfying because he gets like, you know, I, this whole slant boy. I, I find it so hysterical that players around the league just refer to him that, as that, even when it's like Malcolm Jenkins, his own teammate, like called him that in practice. Yeah. It's just that's great. It's it's fantastic. This has um, been a big season for him personally, you know, kind of getting exposed as I mean, he was regarded going into the season as, you know, one of the definitely top five receivers in the league, I'd say most people were thinking, and mm-hmm. I don't know anyone that still thinks that. Yeah, it it's just uh, mate we'll see I mean, he's what he not can do with the quarterback that can actually but, throw the yeah. ball. I don't know. He just everything he does, it's it's like, oh, it's a seven yard slant or in. All right. Great. Um, I'm going to read you because it's your favorite thing. I'm going to read you these facts regarding Tom Brady. Um, Do it. Tom Brady. These are all uh, from the Bleacher Report uh, football page, by the way. They posted these. I saw them. Tom Brady has beaten 18 different playoff, 18 different teams in the playoffs. Uh, it's been the playoff long wins, time. Yeah. Playoff wins versus NFC opponents. Uh, Drew Brees, eight. Tom Brady, eight. This was his first year in the NFC, by the way. Um, game-winning playoff drives. Tom Brady has 13. His playoff losses, 11. 
Uh, he has 32 career playoff wins. That doubles the closest quarterback, which was Joe Montana, with 16. That's like, it's, yeah, it's insane. It's it's insane. It's definitely insane. And you know, I I have never, for the record, just to clarify everything, I've never been on the record saying Tom Brady's not a Hall of Famer. Tom Brady is not an all-time great quarterback because he is. That's just a fact. And to say and to dispute that on its face would delegitimize everything else I say about him. Now, moronic. I don't think that he had, yeah, exactly. It's like if I were to say that, you know, Adrian Peterson wasn't a good running back because I didn't like when he ran on my team. You know, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's just, it, 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 it delegitimizes everything that you say. And so I, you know, readily admit that. I agree with, you know, that aspect of things where I disagree. I think that his ability is not a what it used to be. B, I don't think it was ever as high as people like to remember it being in terms of actual athletic ability or, you know, passing skill or talent, whatever you want to say. I think that he was on a good system for a long time. He had the best coach GM in probably the history of football and now, he did have a nice year for, you know, all things considered. You take the whole year on aggregate. Um, he had a nice year. He has fucking phenomenal weapons right now. And he had nothing in New England towards the end of his time. So, to say that he has, like, somehow had this, you know, reemergence, duh, he's throwing to three potential all pro wide receivers. You know, the the guy at tight end who changed the position forever that Kelsey, when he came into the league, was referred to as Baby Gronk. And granted, Gronk, also not what he used to be, but still really good. Uh, and, you know, two solid running backs for the most part. I I don't know. I just, I find it hard to give him all the credit for the Bucks' offense this year when they are just absolutely stacked from a talent perspective. No, I, I don't I don't give him credit for that because I don't really think he's really had a drop off. I mean, his last year his, in New England was, pro, was one of his worst years. And it, it was because their team, I mean, they had their offense was it was in shambles. Like they, they didn't really have anything going. They hit, but he still threw 24 touch, touchdowns, eight interceptions. The year before, 29 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. The year before that, 32 touchdowns. Like, he's he's always going to be around that number, around that 30, high 20s. But, like, this year but was that is the, not an all-time great number, you know? And so it's like, yeah, I, I just don't understand is, the people that are trying to just touchdowns. automatically. I, mean, I think what it boils down to is the people, the, the Super Bowl stat and how much weight you put on that. And you know that I don't because it's a team stat. And we acknowledged yeah. early in this episode that a million things have to go right. And, you know, quarterbacking contributes to some of those things, but not but even in, close to in all a, of In them. a microcosm of one game, obviously getting the Super Bowl, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's a, but but it's it's ridiculous to say the quarterback's not the most impactful position. Yeah, in but if you're sport. talking about performance in a Super Bowl, like, it's just, it's such a flawed stat because... I mean, who knows if Aaron Rodgers played nine Super Bowls? Who knows how those would go? We, you can't say because it's never going to, you know, he's never going to be in that many itself. So if you're discounting the journey there and just saying, well, he's been here this many times and this is how he played, 
I mean, his win percentage in Super Bowls is worse than all you know Joe Flacco's. Like, what, what do you what do you make of that? It's worse than Eli Manning's. In but you in realize the, same the three it's the just... three three, three Super Bowl losses. Mm-hmm. I, I've gone through this with you before. Um, but two of them to the Giants on two ridiculous catches that he's not on the field to defend. He left the field with the lead. Why is he on the field, huh? <laughs> and then the third one <laughs> put him out there against cowards. The, the third one against the Eagles. He put up 33 points and over 500 in five. He put 505 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, yeah, 150 range. That's and his that, job. That's and that goes to show you that Super Bowl wins don't matter because he no. played really well in that okay, Super Bowl and he still it, lost. It definitely matters. So like, it doesn't actually reflect individual skill. And the same thing is true to an even greater extent about getting to that game because there are infinitely more factors involved with actually getting there and even your performance in that game isn't solely dependent on you it's just it's a flawed it's a flawed argument that everyone seems to be on board with and i feel like i feel like i'm taking crazy pills you know it's like i just don't understand how people can can assign that weight to something that just does not correlate that way it's it's bizarre I don't know. I, I just think that there's definitely this is, by the way, if you haven't picked up on it, this has nothing to do with Drew Brees um, of Kevin <laughs> defending this. This is him solely defending Aaron Rodgers. I, I dropped that and just started nothing making the Rodgers comparison like five minutes ago. Yeah, nothing I, to do with Drew Brees. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just I don't know. I, I think you're never going to convince me. and I'm not going to convince you on that. Like six Super Bowls is six Super Bowls with a chance at seven. Like I, I, I just. He's fourteen and two in in the on the divisional round weekend. I just I don't know. I I think that's it's ridiculous. I know it's a team sport, but we we are impactful. we are unstoppable force and a movable object. We're never gonna agree on this until the yeah. end of time. We could we could record a twenty four hour podcast and it, it is yeah. still just it would never. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, luckily, going that being said, let's preview the conversation. Conference Championship Weekend, where we get to see Mr. Tom Brady's team going against Aaron Rodgers' team. And, and the uh, worst part about game. this is that I, I can't win. You no. know why? Because Tom Brady's 43. And so yeah. if he loses, everyone will go, well, he's 43, Kevin, come on. Yeah. And, and it just, yeah. And you guys so were all on board is, 10 seconds ago. So what you're saying is that it's Aaron Rodgers' fault because he didn't get to get the Super Bowl when Tom Brady was young enough for it to be a credible. Be no, like, okay, I'm just yep, wallowing in self pity because no matter what happens, like I can't put the book down and say like I was right because first, first of all, no one cares, but second of all, he's so old that there's this built-in excuse and there's nothing I can do about it. I, I wish that I could de-age Tom Brady. I think Tom himself is looking into that technology, but we don't have it yet. And we probably yeah. never will. Well, what is the opposite of a tomato? Uh, I don't know. A potato. No. I don't know. We'll look into it, but... I just... Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I what do you, Have you looked at the line yet? If not, I want you to guess. No, I would say it's... Uh, Packers... Four. Okay, what do you think the over-under is? Over-under, it's going to snow, I believe. 
I last time I looked at the forecast, so I'm gonna say the over under is fifty one. You nailed the over under. That's fifty one. The line oh. is actually Green Bay's three. Okay. Damn, that was pretty good. Yeah. So, um, I, I think that's obviously fair. I, I think, uh, I think, the, I think if, if it's you, fair. you know, obviously you've played the Bucks this year down in down in Tampa. It started out looking really good, and then it obviously didn't end up very good. Um, the first mm-hmm. quarter was the last three, not so much. So obviously, two very different teams. I think from that point, that was eons well, that, ago i mean yeah that was that was a million years ago and it is relevant don't get me wrong it's still oh, yeah it's still very it's the much only relevant thing you have against this current team so it's mm-hmm. it's going to be relevant um yeah it's going to be I relevant just... and at, but at the same time i mean you you've watched you know over the last two years since lafleur was hired and kind of implemented his offense the whole first season there were you know aches and pains and they did get to 13 and 3 NFC Championship game but they were you know a clearly inferior unit to what they are this season you know mm-hmm. I, I, anyone who's paying attention can tell you that and so you know despite the the, the same record I don't I wouldn't say they're that like a huge drop off from their team I would just say that they the, the Niners itself were just, worked the Niners so were just the worst but look possible. at look at Rodgers production this year I mean he threw what was it 48 well, touchdowns and last year he threw 26 I know, no, but look at every quarterback's production. Yeah, but that's like one and a half times what he did last year. And Brady I mean, threw twenty four, he ended with forty. Touched forty and touchdowns. I mean that's you know Yeah, I, but I he's think also it's, it's in everywhere. a dramatically different system than he was the year before. I'm just saying obviously, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing, but at the same time, you can see they're more comfortable with it. You can see there's more kind of understanding within the system and stuff like that. And I think to a certain extent this year, there were still issues i mean it's the second year of the system and sometimes like in that bucks game you get you know punched in the mouth and the wheels fall off and it's a regular season game on the road and you just kind of you you know you can't ever get back on your feet really and it is what it is and you just kind of get out of town and you focus on the next week and that doesn't happen in the playoffs because there is no next week you know you saw it happened in a you know a handful of games already this this uh, postseason where, you know I mean the Steelers get punched in the mouth they can't just go ah fuck it it this is it you know so it's a it's a dramatically different scenario and I think it's you know the system itself has had more time to kind of I don't know coalesce marinate whatever you want to say and hopefully you know it, they're more able to kind of absorb a blow like that if something similar were to happen yeah. Um, I, I just think the biggest thing for this game is, as I've said with the Packers all season really is if, if you're able to generate pressure on Rogers, like most quarterbacks, but especially on, on this team and not allowing him to have time to, you know, let receivers kind of go off, off book and him to kind of go off script, which is what I think he's the most dangerous at, um, then they have a good chance of winning. And if you could just... Keep him off the field. It's 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 one on one. I just think if mm-hmm. I didn't think the Rams did a good job of that. Um, a lot of teams against the, that you've gone against haven't done well. But you look at your three losses. Yeah, that that was what was happening. And a lot of your close calls. That's what was happening in those games. I mean, you saw with the Vikings. Like you had, I think there were like four. I think technically five possessions that whole first half total. 
Um, where yeah. you, I think, ended, you guys had a third where we only had two because the, you guys were just kneeling it out because it was so close to being halftime. And it's like, that's that's the bread and butter. I mean, I think if the Bucks stay patient like they did against the Saints, if they stay patient in the first half and allow them to dictate the tempo, and then they can kind of, in the second half, start to hit the shots downfield or start kind of going to their offense, then that's that's what they got to do. Um, whereas on the flip side of Packers, come out hot. Don't let the Bucks settle in. Um, you're, I think this we're going to find out really quickly in this game, in the first half, how the tempo is going to be. Yeah, well, and I think to a certain extent, you know, the, kind of the reverse of that, you know, what you said about getting to Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's also true in the other direction. And obviously that's a very basic analysis, you know, hit the quarterback to make him uncomfortable. But, yeah. you know, that works. That you know that excels at shutting down Tom Brady because he is, you know, probably the least mobile quarterback in the NFL at this point. Right. Maybe Philip Rivers, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, but Tom Tom does, is not elusive. He doesn't you know navigate the pocket super well when things are breaking down. And I think he, I think he navigates it well. I think he he positions himself really really not, well. Not when things but he's are not breaking like scrambling down. Around. Yeah, no, he like when th- when when protection falls apart. You know, w- within a pocket, he can move. Yeah, he's good at that, obviously. But he's yeah, he he just can't evade the like he, rush. He very knows well. he feels pressure when you don't think that he feels it. He doesn't. He I mean, because he's been doing it for for two decades, but he steps up in the pocket when he like right when he needs to. So like his awareness in the pocket, I think is one of the best like it can be especially for a guy that has no natural really athletic ability like a lot of these younger guys and a lot of the new wave kind of has but he's not going to go scramble out of that pocket no exactly so unless it's a designed play and and i'm worried just kind of thinking about this game mike Pettin has not shown a prolific ability to bother quarterbacks this year Mm mm-hmm and that's what you need to do because this kind of the stuff I was talking about earlier, you know, when we were recapping Packers Rams, if you let Tom do that, he's going to, it's going to take you apart because he has a high game IQ. He's got, you know, good short to mid range accuracy. I mean, mm. I'm not going to stand here and say that Tom Brady is worse than Jared Goff with one thumb, you know, like clearly that's an upgrade. And I am, I'm just concerned and the other problem with this team is that, uh, you know, I, I always love to kind of look ahead at these weeks where, where we're previewing these games. And I think, all right, who's Jay you're going to get this week? I don't know who he's going to get. Yeah. Because there are three fantastic all pro wide receivers on the other side. It's just like, uh, I don't know. I, which... I'd say, I'd say two. I mean, AB is. Okay, there's two he, all pros. He's injured and. Yeah. It is what it is with AB. He he might yeah. have a little flash here and there, but so probably not. Probably tweak. not AB. But... but Cameron Brait is still a, is a very reliable target. Mm-hmm. Scotty Miller, I think, is sneaky deep threat. Like he he just leaks out. You kind of just forget about it. Scotty Miller I, is is like is he's like, a poor man. Cole's Beely. Cole's he's, he's Julian Edelman in like a Mission Impossible mask. Like I yeah. I don't believe that Scotty Miller actually exists. I don't. I've never seen a picture of Scotty Miller and Julian Edelman in the same room. Um, weird if, if they were. It's <laughs> a really specific picture. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I I don't know. I'm concerned. Having said that, I also think the weather will play a factor. You saw it in the Titans game. 
I do think there is with some people there's a tendency to overblow, you know, kind of the the frozen tundra advantage because I can tell you that like most Packers players, I bet probably would rather not play in the snow. You know, yeah, a I lot don't of think... them don't live this, there this during yet, the winter, the yeah, heart of this winter. This isn't like the, uh, you know, the old, like, oh, we love the snow. I'd rather, you know, I'd, no. I, I, I'm intentionally not wearing sleeves because the majority I'm, of these I'm a players badass. for Green Bay do not stay in in and around Green Bay no. throughout the offseason. Ha- they go to that, Miami, go to California. They, they're not, they're yeah. not there. <laughs> having said that, there is an advantage to being in that environment for months at a time. And practicing in that environment and just being more familiar with what works, how you can cut, stuff like that. And so there is an advantage there. And I know that you take issue with me saying that Tom, I don't think he's going to do well in the cold. We'll see how that goes. But the Bucks as a whole, you know, from Tampa, you know, like that's where they that's where they practice. That's where they play half their games. And I'd wager, you know, probably some of them do live around there year round. And so they're not used to the cold. So I think that's also gonna be a factor we'll see how much of one yeah i i just they're gonna need to it's gonna come down like there's one thing you really cannot do against tom brady is blitz and just chill in zone because he will pick you apart if you blitz him they have plans in place obviously for that and he just picks up blitzes um and zones he figures them out really quickly you have to win your want your man-to-man battles and by rushing four um, if, and this is a very, very good, I mean, this is a game of like two of the best offensive lines in the league. Uh, really the four last teams have great offensive lines. Uh, even the saints too. Like that's, there's a reason, um, that those it's teams are where they are. Out. Um, there actually was, say, I think I saw it was like the top eight pass protecting, uh, win pass block win rate teams, the top eight in the league, seven of which played, on divisional round weekend. Uh, yeah. So there, that that's, you know, it's not rocket scientist. Protect the quarterback, you'll probably be successful. Yeah. Um, I I don't know how how much weather is going to really impact it. I think that that is overblown by media too. Obviously, players would probably prefer to play in like 60 degree weather, sure. But at the same time, they're not going to be like, oh shoot, it's in the 20s. It's not going to be like it's negative 40 or negative 10 or near around zero. I don't think it's going to be that. It's a weird, warm year anyway, so. Yeah. I, I don't know. know. The, the last thing I'll say about this game is that uh, I've only ever seen Tom play at Lambeau once that I can remember, and that game was just littered with sideline hissy fits. So I would love to see a couple more of those, um, especially at his advanced age. I think he might, you know, pull something. So we'll, we'll see. Um, well, how, like, before, like I said last on. week, he's, he's, he's trash and he sucks, and, you know, that – not not even remotely terrified. So on, on a real note, uh, I know you say you're always like at like a six, maybe more now because it's a conference championship, um, and you were literally in one last year and it didn't go so well. Um, really, I, I, since I've known you, I've witnessed you've been in is it three? I think. Yeah. NFC championships. Yeah. I think three. This is now the third. Because it was the Falcons, Falcons last year, and then now. Yeah. Yeah. So um, where are you, like, your nervousness level? And and you you met me right after 2014, so. You're correct, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Nervousness 1 to 10. I mean, this game, 
if you're if you're judging the scale, you know, at an all time level, you know, ten ten is the Super Bowl then, you know, like that's that has to be where it's at. And I mean that back in 2010, guess what? I was still me. Uh, I was a disaster during that Super Bowl, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I was like way younger too, which you know, maybe I've matured, maybe not, probably not. But um, so right now, you know, assigning ten to the Super Bowl and assigning my floor of a game against, I think I said the Jets backups in the regular season as a six. I am at a nine point five, pretty, wow. pretty firmly. Well, I got personal, That's... personal, you know, stakes yeah, in this is... one as well. This is like it's... your. I think I. This has to be the worst case scenario. Oh yeah. For you, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. by far, <laughs> I think I'd rather Maybe. it be the Bears because then I'd be like, well, at least they'll lose to the Chiefs, or you know, like I, right. That I because and honestly, like I don't really care about the Bears. I mean, like, if it was the Vikings, that'd be worse. I find it hard to hate the Bears with such passion these days. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because like they, I know you have the history with them, but like that rivalry really isn't a rivalry at this. It hasn't it been like, recently. It hasn't no. really been. It's in the, the last, historical like, rivalry that you're like, yeah. man, remember that. But it's not really. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hate the Bears, but yeah, it, it's just not the. There's not the fire, and so yeah, this is this is about as bad as it could have gotten. If it was the Saints, I'd be at like an eight right now. Okay. I think. Well, good. I'm glad you're gonna be nervous. Um, all right, move well, on to the AFC side. <sighs> so this one we have the number two Bills going to Kansas City against the number one Chiefs. Uh, the line is Kansas City is three point favorite. Uh, shocker there, and over under fifty three and a half. So pretty pretty similar to the so NFC is, counterpart. Is that line assuming Mahomes plays? No, I think that is assuming he's out. Really? Yeah, I think wow. I think with I think him out. Disrespect go- to the Bills. Well, they're the defending. I mean, defending champs. The Bills haven't really looked that great, and like it. I don't know. I, I think three, at, you always you always get the three you always get the three points for being the home favorite because Kansas City will have fans. Um, you know they have a they have a decent amount of fans. Uh, I think I don't think they can have more than eight thousand, but um, around there, and they were loud. I mean, last week they they were noticeably loud. Like for a little, they were there. Um, I don't know. I I don't have a problem with the line. Um, a little I don't update. Have a huge problem, but yeah. A little update on Mahomes' status. Obviously, that is the big question. Uh, Adam Schefter reported today that, or a couple days ago, or you know, it was today that he cleared certain steps uh, on Monday, some big steps, uh, but remains in NFL concussions protocol uh, with what is considered concussion, and it's too early to say that he definitely will play in Sunday's conference championship versus the Bills. So, I I think unless some crazy setback happens, he'll be playing. I, I would put my money there too if I had to, you know, say one way or the other, just because I know that, you know, the league, especially in the last handful of years, the last decade, whatever you want to say, you, there's been a shift to take concussions much, much more seriously than they had been in the past, which is to say, you know, diagnose concussions when they happen. Um, but if there's any sort of grease that can be applied to those wheels, it's going to come out in this situation. You know, like if there's any sort of leeway or judgment gray area that can be applied, you know, all the wind is at Mahomes' back to clear this protocol. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I mean, I, I think it's going to take a lot for him to have to not play. And also the NFL, even if he was 
technically regular season, like any other, like, you know, for like a week four game, they'd be like, yeah, you're not quite there. You got to sit out. But AFC championship game against the number two seed Bills, I think if it's close or if it's like on the borderline, they'll be, they'll be like, you're probably fine, which is bad to say, mm-hmm. but ratings are ratings. and It is what it is. It's a business. It is and, what it is. Yeah. As sad as that is for players' health, but I think – I also think that he would, he would, you know, Andy Reid's not going to be like, yeah. Andy Reid's not going to play him if he's not, if it, if it's a danger to his. No, if health. he says like I don't want to play, then they won't force him. You know, right. like it won't no, be one of those. But he not. definitely wants to. Yeah. And I, I have written in my notes to say if Mahomes is in, instant classic. I think that this game, this is kind of like, I'm glad this game exists because. In the reality where the Packers lose, the, you know, before this game happens, I can still watch this game and try to find some enjoyment out of it. It's not like it's another team that I hate, and you know, I have to be stressed out. I honestly, I like the Chiefs. I like the Bills. You know, it's, this is this this feels like a fun game to me. Yeah, I mean, the, I I I like both these teams too, and like I've said made the comparisons that the the bills are our afc kindred spirit i i have a hard time because like i since we've been doing this uh podcast that's basically been Mahomes like era so um we came we started this during his 50 touchdown year his mvp year uh obviously we did last full year last season was our first full year and that's when they won the super bowl i i have not shied away from my love of patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs, this current Chiefs team, uh, it's easy to root for them because don't play them. We only play them every like four years, and they're so that's fun really to nice. watch. And they're really fun to watch. <laughs> really yeah, from fun a, to from watch. a pure football fan, they're so fun to watch. And I and I and I get that vibe a little bit with the Bills too, not to the same yeah. extent, but I like a lot of their players. I don't really have any issue with any of their players. Um, I was critical on Josh Allen. I still will be, but. If he has a bad game, I'm going to call him on it. If he has a good game, I'm going to give him credit. Like, I just think – I think all of it was fair criticism, and <laughs> he's proved a lot of people wrong. Um, you know, I I can eat I can eat that crow. That's fine with me. I, I'm going to I'm gonna just, like, circumvent the process and just upload a clip this week that's just, like, Adam shits on Josh Allen for 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes straight and just put it on Twitter and just see how many people don't listen I, and just get upset. I mean – you know, I I just feel that I've, you know, I I've gotten in bouts on on Twitter with Bills Mafia people, and they are rabid, and I that's good, like support your guy, but it's not like I, what I was saying was wrong at the time, um, you know, under sixty percent completion percentage, not great. Obviously, he made like a ten percent increase this year. That's yeah. great. <laughs> so I I just I don't know. I I think. Is there a this prop game bet over under really for for how many times collectively both teams will run the ball with a running back? I don't know. I mean, Darnell or like Daryl or whatever his name is, Williams <laughs> gets gets some carries every now and then. I I'm curious because uh, if Edwards Alaire will be good to go, I'm not sure. Uh, I know he didn't play last week, but that obviously changes things. We know Le'Veon Bell will only have like four touches and they'll be like forced, um, and he'll get like eight yards of total production. Um, I want to see Mahomes. <laughs> I really do. I, I um, do as well. Like, cause without him, this just wouldn't, that. this just wouldn't be the same. No you disrespect like... to you, but it's Mahomes. Come on. 
yeah, probably the I, best best football player or best quarterback the last few years. Like, I don't know, most dynamic one or entertaining yeah, it's just, one. It's just not the same, you know. Even if it's you know if Henny's in there, maybe it's still a close game. But it just you know you're haunted by what could have been, you know, like you could have had a much better game in theory if Mahomes is out there making plays. And so, I don't know. Like I said before, I th- I think he'll be out there and I'm very curious. You it's know. interesting that you said that you want that you're glad that this is this is after your guys's game. Yeah. Because like if your game doesn't go the way you want it to, um, I, 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 part of me has a hard time. Maybe it's because we have this show and you kind of have to watch it or hopefully watch it and want to watch it, the other game, because I feel like you'd be just in, in a dark place. He, here's here's the the two scenarios, okay? Picture, if you will, that the Bills-Chiefs is first and the Packers-Bucks is second. It's later yeah. at the night, right? Which I feel like it usually is. Like They always have like the NFC ones. always the late game, it feels like, for me. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, so Bills-Chiefs is first. Awesome game, you know, instant classic, whatever. It's it's super fun. I have no, you know, really dog in the fight here. And I can't enjoy even a single moment of it because I am already, you know, doing somersaults, thinking about what's happening in a couple hours after this game. I am nervous. I am excited. I am all the emotions. I'm, I'm a little bundle of stress for the whole day, and I can't enjoy this game at all. Now, flip it into how it is now, where the Bills and the Chiefs are the later game. Option number one. Ideally, the Packers win. Then I'm in an excellent mood. I get to watch an excellent game. The world is as it should be. Best day ever, right? That's option one. Option two, I'm devastated. I'm sad. I can't get really drunk because I have to drive home that night. Shit. I'm going to be in Wisconsin this day. But, uh... uh but either way, I'm, I'm devastated and sad, but instead of sitting there and just wallowing in that, I can kind of get some sort of palate cleanse a little bit and just distract myself for a moment. It's going out to the bar after a breakup, you know? It's like there's just something going on that stops me from thinking about how upset I am. And so even that, I think, is preferable to... A hundred percent chance that I'm nervous during this game, which is how it would be if it was That's the early fair. game. So all right. I, I yeah. get it. That all right, that makes sense. Um, yeah. it's, I, it's all I about the anxiety. It's, it's also oh, it's also interesting that you retreat to Wisconsin to in, in the had, case that they lose. I had I, plans. I won't be there to see it. I had um, plans first of all to go down there to ski with the fam. The Saturday before these games, weeks ago, and Can we didn't even know if the Packers were going to be playing at that time, and mm-hmm. so there we are. And also, I just I don't like watching the stream; it's delayed. I get a text from you or my dad, and I have to wait like forty-five seconds to look at it because it will spoil whatever happens next. And oh no, no, they I have was cable. saying a couple weeks <laughs> ago, I, a couple weeks ago, when I was saying if it was. If it was the Bucks Packers in the NFC Championship game, like that's something that I would I would love just to see and witness you during mm-hmm. that game. I think mm-hmm. it'd be great content. Yeah, I will also and have that... uh, my phone not off, but I'm definitely going to have one or more conversations on Do Not Disturb for the entirety of this game because I 
it's, it's just better for my long-term friendships with multiple people I consider friends. <laughs> I feel like I also feel like that's that might be something that you might need to look into about uh, if if that really would impact those long-term friendships. But I mean, it wouldn't probably like it, it wouldn't like ultimately end them, probably. but it would hurt it's them, sure. especially in the short term. Right. I've been known. I've been known to type things out, and then recently I've been backspacing them, but that hasn't always been the case <laughs> when I get upset, so I just, I don't know if I trust my fingers in this situation. All right, all right, fair enough. All right, I think that's going to do it for our, uh, this <sighs> week's, I think we're going to call it there. Um, we got an exciting weekend ahead. Sad that it's two out of three games will be happening, and that obviously leaves the big one left. Um, we... Well, we're going to, I'm going to hold off. There were some the head coaching moves. I'm going to wait. I think we're going to just keep this solely on the playoffs and that I mean, way we can do like a full, you know, hour a and a half kind of, right now. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and that way we're going to do like a full talk about the coaching hires because there obviously were a lot. I think there were six hirings, seven total open jobs or something. And already mm-hmm. a good chunk of them or a decent amount have been filled. Um, some GM spots have been filled. We're going to go all into that and in the off season. So, we're going to wait, hold off on all that. So it's just going to be strictly playoffs uh, that we're going to talk about from this point on. For all on. we know, the Lions made a great choice. And 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 also the Jets. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows Who knows who they got? It's, Lion, it's impossible Lions, to know. Lions, we'll see. It makes it easy. I'm happy that the Lions picked that guy and not the guy that the Jets did. But Oh, well, really? Oh, yeah. interesting. Well, I, and happy that I, they, it wasn't that guy. Oh, and, you you're know, happy so, that that guy is not in the division. Correct. Okay. Okay. No, that that's less I think interesting. That's, I think that that's a fantastic a hire. Yeah. And yeah. also, it makes Correct. it easy that the guy the Lions got came from a team I really despise, and it makes it easy to hate him. So, <laughs> I don't have to be like, I like that coach. No, it's a bummer that he's doing well because mm-hmm. I, I can just root against him. God, you're um, such a right. Patricia fan. <laughs> and now look at you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I love Matt Patricia. He's I, the best. Very vocal pencil about his beard. His pencil his with his laminated play sheet. Backwards. It's great. Um, <laughs> all right. We're going to call it there. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Third and Forever Football Podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. You can go to their website at 10ktakesmn.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram if you just search 10K Takes. You can also find our Twitter account. If you just type in third underscore forever 10 K, uh, we post links to all of our episodes, uh, as well as retweets, uh, from anything from 10 K. So you can find them there as well. Uh, I've been your host, Adam Oz joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Olm. Kevin, final words. There's nothing wrong with heirloom tomatoes. (laughs) 